to The Synergy of Us. We're speaking from the heart on human design to help you discover who you uniquely are. Hi, I'm Marianne Till. And I'm Liz DeConing. Come along for the ride as we have heart-to-heart conversations about the energies that influence our lives. Well, hello there and welcome to The Synergy of Us. Today we'll be talking about mm, the first seven years of life, mostly, and how you change from being the person you were born to be into the person that you're trained to be. So I'm going to hand it straight over to Marianne (laughs) and she can talk about this stuff till the cows come home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so basically, what we're looking at is probably one of my passion projects, I would say, which is the fact that when a child is born, because the parents are not aware of what their design is, there's nothing that they can do to actually change the conditioning that's happening to that baby as it grows and you know eventually ends up going to school or whatever and it gets conditioned a bit more yes different kind of conditioning societal conditioning so the so the fact is energetically we are going to be conditioned we are conditioned all the time it's what we do with that conditioning or how we understand that conditioning that essentially gives us um, empowerment so let our choices. Let me ask you, is this a passion project because you're a teacher? Hmm. It's probably got something to do with it because, you know, I've got in front of me a bunch of kids that I have no idea what their designs are. I can have some fairly good guesses. <laughs> but some of it's probably not correct because they've been so heavily conditioned to believe that there's something that they're not. So if I knew for sure, what their design actually was, then I could actually craft their learning experience more towards what they need rather than just the more homogenised kind of approach, you know, in a broad sense that you have in a classroom. Mm. So you could revolutionise schooling. That's a good goal, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Well, I think it would be because the, the better... Kids are prepared to be themselves when they get older, the better our world will turn out to be. Yes, and obviously, as we've already talked about, each of the different types is given a specific kind of energy for a different role that they're here to play in very broad sense because obviously the types are the broadest categories. But if you're actually working in alignment with your energy and there's that you know, kind of global experience of people having a greater understanding of that, then that changes all the dynamics in how people relate to each other. Does that mean no more war? Peace on earth, goodwill to all men? Well, it could. Putin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's not go down that rabbit hole. Oh, we have to one day. I'm dying to talk about that man. Okay. 
Not today, though. Okay. All right. So, so before we sort of talk very specifically about um, what happens from basically birth to, say, heading off to school or roughly seven years of age. So, so basically your first seven years on earth. We just need to just talk a little bit about the defined centres and the undefined or open centres that you have in your body graph. Because you need to understand them a little bit to, to see what's actually happening in that critical time. So if you look at your body graph, you'll notice that there are some of these shapes, which are the centres, that are actually coloured in. So when they're coloured in, they're defined. And that means that you have a consistent flow of energy going into and out of that centre. So it actually gives you almost a feeling of, you know, there being trust within that energy. You'll then have, unless of course you're one of those people who has all nine centres coloured. <laughs> we'll talk about that at another time. Really? Yes. There's such a beast exists? Oh, yes. Oh. So that's not particularly common, so we'll we'll put that to one side for now. And even those people are still conditioned as well. So everyone is subject to conditioning, no matter the amount, the type of centres that they have defined or open or undefined. So the open or undefined centres are the ones where the shape is not coloured in. And this indicates that it's almost, I think of it as being like a vacuum in the sense of, you know, it's an open space and energy is wanting to flow into that space because there's not a consistent flow within your body. Kind of like a black hole. <laughs> probably, probably not quite, but yes. Well, that's what happens with a black hole. Mm. Don't think about black holes. Why not? <laughs> so they're interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'll get off topic. No, no, no. It's an analogy. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll sucks all the energy. We will we'll stick with mine for now because it's not quite as brutal as a black hole. Because there's also the releasing of the energy. So you don't want to actually treat your undefined centers as a black hole. You want to treat them just as a place where energy flows in and then flows out again. Actually, there is a school of thought that that happens with black holes. And oh, that, is there? And that they are then associated with forming quasars. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the topic. So, so every place that you have not coloured in, you are taking in energy from people around you who do have that centre coloured in. So they're basically sharing their consistent energy with our centres that have inconsistent energy. So this is not to say that you don't have your own energy flowing through there. It just doesn't, you know, keep on going. Think of it as being maybe like where it's defined and consistent. You've got your tap turned on, so the water's just going, flowing, flowing, flowing. Waste of water, don't do it, but think of it that way. And where it is undefined, it's like you've turned the tap off, but it's still dripping. So there's still water there, but... It's not coming through consistently. It's not, you know, it would be like if you tried to wash your hands with just the dripping water rather than turning the tap on. 
Okay, we've got a few analogies happening there. Let's hope that's made sense. <laughs> Still like the black hole. But anyway. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> so, so basically what happens when you're taking in other people's energy is that you're taking in their characteristics that are associated with that particular centre. So that could be, you know, some of their um, particular conditioning as well, I suppose. So just a question. You know, there's the concept of energy vampires. Yes. So does that mean there's no such thing as energy vampires or there is and this is a slightly different concept? Mm. Well, or is it people misusing the flow of energy that become energy vampires? I think it's more people misunderstanding what's happening with with energy and feeling like there's energy vampires would be what I would say. So it's in, in reality there's not energy vampires, it's just about people not understanding that different people use energy in different ways. Yes. So, so it's not – let's probably not go down the – the rabbit hole of energy vampires, but in in the in the sense of what we're talking about in terms of energy exchange, and you know, think about what we've done. I forget which episode it is, but anyway, when we talked about the types, okay, we each have an aura that works in a particular way that is about how at that level our energy interacts, and then we have our centres that are either defined or open. And they're that way so that we actually have the ability to exchange energy with each other. So, and it's meant to be that way so that we each experience the world from the other person's perspective. So, for example, we've got the solar plexus, which is the centre that's about emotions. This is always a good one to start with, so (laughs) so we'll work with this one. So if you've got it defined, it means that you have consistent energy flowing through it. And the solar plexus actually creates energy in motion. In other words, emotion. Okay, and that energy in motion is a particular kind of wave that just comes out from your centre, essentially out into the world from you. And then someone will come along like... Liz or me, with an open solar plexus and we will actually take that energy in. Now, because we have awareness, in theory, we should now be having a process where we can recognise that it's someone else's energy and then be able to work through that and release that so that we're not holding on to it. But so, so does that mean that people might feel like if we held on to it that we were energy vampires? Well, possibly, or you're just going to feel that it's your energy, your emotional energy, mm. that it's belonging As in to yours you. and mine. Yeah, so I'm, so I, you know, I'm with a friend who's got an emotional wave, and I'm taking that in, and it feels like it's mine. It feels real. Okay, because mm. you can actually feel it and sense it. So I go, oh, I'm feeling really excited. Or I'm so angry. Or I'm so depressed. Or whatever it is. It's not 
mine, it's part of that other person's emotional wave that they're going through. Mm. But I identify with that and I hold on to that energy. I, I am still struggling with the thought of why people think there are energy vampires and what kind of energy exchange would lead to that. You know, because I'm thinking our our energy is a penetrating energy, right? Is that right? So with projectors, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So would that lead people to feel... Well, it certainly leads people, if they're not wanting that energy in their aura, to want to kind of push back and reject it. So it could be perceived as perhaps ah. an invasive kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So, so yes, it 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 would be a perception, definitely. Oh yeah, I th- I think energy vampires is a perception, mm. anyway. Um, I mean, I I feel like I've experienced it myself in the past, but knowing now that you know I can feel other people's energy doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that that was a valid. Um, perspective that mm. I had back then, if you know what I mean. Maybe maybe I was feeling what the other person felt, that my energy was penetrating theirs mm. and they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling energy vampire vibes, mm-hmm. but it was actually yeah, very convoluted. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's kind of, <clears throat> in, a, in a sense, that's what it's like. So if we go back to the emotional thing, so... You know, we are used to taking in other people's energy. We are not used to thinking of it as other people's energy. We're used to thinking of it as our energy, you know, and having particular stories that we tell ourselves about that emotional energy. Mm. So it might be, I'm a drama queen. (laughs) It might be. I've been told that so much through my life. Yeah. Including by you. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I would not say it anymore though. No. Uh, you know, so that that's your, you know, message that you've received from it. Mm. Whereas with mine, because being a teacher and imagine taking on every day at least 50% of your class on their emotional waves, you kind of go through a different thing where you actually just refuse to process any of the emotion. So then mine has been, you know, that I'm just kind of shut down and not emotional Mm. But inside I felt like I've just had a swirling, massive emotion wanting to just burst out. So it's, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm thinking it was mine. Now I actually have a process where I acknowledge that it's not my emotions and I do something to release it. So imagine what that would be like as a child actually knowing that you're taking in other people's emotions and knowing how to release that. I guess you also have to think, though, how much of it they... how much of that they would understand at an early, early age as compared to, you know, once you get to seven and, you know, six and seven, maybe five, six and seven, I don't know, um, I think they could get... grasp that idea, but before that, would they be able to grasp that idea? Well, I think little kids can grasp a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for if we actually make it so that they can understand it. Mm. So, idea, project a book. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. For kids. <laughs> I'm a projector. Yes. Well, the, I mean, there's different ways that that you can actually go through and do it. You know, I mean, you th- maybe you don't know because you're you're not teaching kids, but you know, I there's kids though. But but there's a lot of books for very young children that deal with fairly deep issues in a way that they can actually connect and understand. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason why you can't do a similar kind of process with younger children. Mm. But the first part is actually being aware of what kind of learning they might need to have around their design. So you actually need to really have an understanding of what your own child's design is to then be able to help them to work through that. So it's not just their type, it would be their profile and stuff like that as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's like fully understanding, you know, what type they are, how their strategy works, how their authority works, what their profile is, as well as where they've got these undefined or open parts in their actual body graph because that's where they're taking in energy. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I'm just like trying to visualise how that could even happen. You know, like you think about the current day education system and how that works and it this is something just so totally left of field of that that Mm -hmm. you can't even imagine how it would possibly work Mm. well well i can't i believe that it can but anyway let's let's focus (laughs) let's focus on the first oh why do we have to focus (laughs) because (laughs) Otherwise, I feel like we're just kind of going nowhere. No, we are going places. Okay. Because people are going to be asking the same questions I'm asking you. Okay. Anyway, so if we go... fount of all knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't like that one. (laughs) So, So if we go back to the perspective where you know from birth what your child's design is, how is that going to change the stories that your child learns about itself? Well, if I think about that, I think that your parents as whatever they are put the way that they see the world onto their kids. But if they've got an awareness of what their kids' um, human design is, then at least they've got a chance of being able to think clearly about the things that they say and the things that they do and what effect that would have on a child. Yeah, exactly. So it's basically seeing the world from more than just your perspective, okay, and remembering that, you know, your perspective is only one part of the whole picture. It's not Mm. the truth. So Imagine having... Five kids under five. <laughs> oh, how complicated would that be? <laughs> and they were all different. Whoa. Yes. Probably well, unlikely, but it would it probably would be unlikely. It is possible, mm. but probably unlikely. Um so so if yeah. you've got more than five kids, why don't you get in touch with us and we'll have a look at all the charts and see what worked out. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? 
Yes. Well, that's right. I mean, you can kind of see some patterns mm. with with the ones that I'm already aware of. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So it is possible to have children who are basically all the same type, or children who are quite different types within the one family as well. So then how does that create a dynamic? Because remember, every person who is in close contact with that, you know, little baby being born is going to have an impact on their aura. And also the the baby's aura is going to have an impact on you. Remember, this is all happening at an energetic level. Mm. So grandparents would have a big impact on it as well. Yes. So anyone who has that regular contact mm. in the first seven years of life is going to be having an impact on, you know, what they're developing into. So the seven is basically because, you know, that's sort of your really rapid, I suppose, physical, emotional and mental developmental stages for kids. So, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff happening at that at that point in time. So having some awareness, having some ways that you're going to, you know, talk to kids, you know, perhaps help them with, you know, issues that they're having. So imagine that you've got a child who is, you know, feeling really anxious and you know that they've got an undefined head and an undefined ajna, so in other words, an undefined mind, you may treat them entirely differently than someone who is unaware and perhaps puts them into the, um, I suppose, the the journey down like a mental health area. Yeah, yep. Not to get into, you know, that fairly delicate area, but, you know, there are within each of the centres fears and know stresses and things like that that if you understand this is coming from this center because it's undefined then that could change how you actually help support your child through that Mm. that's really interesting Mm. i think back to when my two sons were little Mm. they were very different and they are very different Mm. we've found out now one's a manigen Yep, and one's a projector like us. <laughs> yep, and so so quite quite different in how they operate at an energetic level. Yeah, and it was very like the younger one was very um, very much alone and always trying to compete to get people's attention and stuff like that. And as a pro- he's the projector. And as a projector now, I can see exactly what was happening. You know, he was trying to push his energy out there and he was being rejected and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And not not knowing that he had to wait for the invitations and, you know, mm. blah, 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 blah. Exactly. All of that stuff. And, and I mean, that's, you know, at, at a, an appropriate age, you know, age appropriate kind of thing, you can actually start to help them to understand a better way to do things. Mm. You know, don't have to say, ooh, you're a projector with a penetrating energy, you need to do this, but there's ways that you can talk to kids about anything at a level that they can kind of understand a change that they could make. Mm. So, and I mean, the other thing, because he's a self-projected projector, he obviously has an open 
solar plexus as well. And we know that his brother has a defined solar plexus. So there was a whole lot of energy being exchanged that you know he would have been unaware of and was probably having an impact as well. Is that the emotional stuff? Yeah. Suddenly things are becoming clearer. <laughs> I never thought about this before. Yes. But it's very tr- – and maybe there's some of that going on at the moment. Mm. Mm. Yes. Let's say no more about that we'll just at this point Exactly, but yes. One of them may listen to the podcast. <laughs> True. We won't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> but it – like if you look at – you know, for your exam- uh, example, your children, from a different perspective, you can see how their design has impacted them. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we look at our childhood from our perspective, so to give you some context, we have or had a mother who was a manifesting generator with one emotional wave and we have a father who's a generator with a defined will centre and a defined solar plexus centre with two emotional waves. So we essentially had three different emotional <sighs> waves that Blimey. were in action plus the um, the interesting energy that you get from the will centre around the perceptions of, um, you know, sort of how you actually have value oh, and yes. that kind of thing within... And, and it's, you know, particularly to do with, um, you know, the material things of life as well. Oh, that explains so much, doesn't it? It does. Like if you start to look at your chart compared to your parents' chart, there's actually some understanding around how you were conditioned that can actually help you on your journey to work with that energy. So just so people understand it a bit more, give give perhaps give them an example of how dad's defined will center impacted on you okay so oh i can give you a fairly in me clo- like closer than childhood one <laughs> <laughs> because obviously i don't you know didn't have up until a few years ago the the understanding of what was going on but uh at one point in my life i felt that I wanted to have a business where I was working with you know in the health and wellness area rather than teaching and because I wasn't working with my energy as a projector basically this was not successful because I burnt myself out essentially and I got burnt out because I was trying to you know push myself on people instead of working as a projector should <laughs> No Which I can those see in invitations. Then exactly, no, no. <laughs> there was, I mean, the, like where there was success, then that was, you know, because I stumbled on on the correct thing to do at that time. But overall, no. So so basically, when I was trying to work out what to do next, my father gave me the feeling. And this was probably through me taking in his energy that to have value I needed to go back to teaching where I would have a regular job with a regular income, where everything could be stable, 
and I could have all the resources that I needed coming in with certainty. So that was the choice that I made. If I had have understood myself better, is that the choice that I would have made going back? Like if I took my little time, you know, time, time capsule machine. and went yeah. da- back, you know, I don't know. But well, you, it's an interesting you f- thing. You can still make the choice to do the same thing exactly anyway, depending on what you need at the time. So it's not... Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm, you know, in, in <coughs> hindsight I can see that that was not actually the the true direction that my authority was really trying to nudge me towards. So I ignored my authority uh, in order to feel valuable in my father's eyes. Mm. Yeah. And what about the the um, emotional wave stuff? You know, I can I can remember as a kid, mum and dad having multiple fights and mm-hmm. I would get really, really upset mm-hmm. all the time. It's like I, I guess people, you know, kids do that anyway. Kids get upset about their parents fighting because they don't understand and, you know, they worry about what's going to happen and all of that kind of thing. But it really felt very mm, amplified for me. I think you've said something about that before, that we take the emotions mm. and amplify them. Yeah, so, yes, thank you for that. I hadn't hadn't mentioned that we kind of got off track I think with black holes but anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so basically wherever you have undefined centers yes you take in someone else's energy where they have definition and have that certainty of energy you then are meant to kind of you know notice how it's operating within you and then release it and then as you release it it is kind of like the energy is ramped up as it goes back out into the world. So what people see... That could almost see, be a good thing. Well, it, it is meant to be a good thing. But what people can see is that amped up energy. So if it's coming from, say, the emotional centre, the solar plexus, then they might see you as having all of this emotion that you're releasing and it's yours. Ah, not but you're releasing somebody else's you emotion are. And, and, it, and it's much bigger than what they actually had. Yeah, so you're actually it, like, I mean, the emotional one is a good example because it's something we can kind of relate to, I feel, more easily than some of the other centres. But it works the same with all of the other centres. It just depends on what the themes of that centre are. This is probably part of the reason I've been called a drama queen all my life because I, mm-hmm. you know... It started with the parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the parents. It started mm-hmm. with the parents and their emotional waves affecting me and then probably I acted it out. Yeah, because we we think that that is ours and that builds up our story around who we are. That's not the real story. So this is, you know, kind of what we're talking about. You know, from birth you have got you know, the energy that you are meant to be sending out and, you know, bringing into your your body and that kind of thing, how that's supposed to work in, you know, in, I suppose, the the truest um, authenticity for you. But, you know, instead you're taking in other people's energy, you're getting messages around what that makes you as a person. <laughs> yeah. 
so that you know by the time you do get to that age of around seven you have really lost sight of what that original um, blueprint was essentially so then if you don't become more consciously aware of how you are operating as a person and you you know you don't have to find human design to become you know conscious and begin to you know work better with your energy but I think human design can actually speed it up because it's much more targeted you can go oh yeah it's not my not my emotions mm. you just let it go so yes I, I have to agree with that because having you know the astrological background that helped me immensely in understanding myself however taking the next step to human design has actually and I'll use the word amplified again has amplified the effects because I understand so much more about the basically getting down to the nitty-gritty I think Mm -hmm. whereas astrology tended to be much more of a higher level surface thing where you know you go this is what I am I'm a Leo and I'm this and I'm that and these transits are affecting me at this particular time and that means this is going on and then you go to human design and you go okay well I'm a projector I'm a self-projected projector um I'm a 5-1. I have these centres defined. I have these centres undefined. I have these particular gates that are defined. Not to mention the arrows. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other can of worms. Uh, We've got got plenty of time to talk about all of that stuff. Not today. No, not not today, (laughs) but over time, you know. So, so yes, it, it, it... you know, my experience, I mean, I haven't come from the astrology. I've kind of gotten into this astrology as a result of human design, just like I've gotten into the I Ching and I've gotten mm. into more of the the quantum science, although I had an interest in that prior to human design. And now more recently getting to understand a little bit of the the Kabbalah aspect, the tree of life aspect that comes into it chakras as well when I did Reiki you know so there's so there's been this general understanding at different points of what some of those features are that have come into human design but I think this is about you know yes there's this and this and this that's part of it but then it gets you know put into this pot and mixed around and flavored with I don't know, human design spices or whatever. <laughs> Think about cooking. <laughs> and and it and it then takes on, you know, some of its own particular energy and flavour that's different to the other things. And and I think we were having a big conversation prior to doing this podcast about gene keys and gates and codon rings. <laughs> we'll come back to that one day. But The interesting thing, and I think this applies across every aspect of human design or any other thing that you do, is that you take the time to reflect on the things that you read about that are particular to you so that you can assimilate them, take Mm. them on board and work out how they're going to express themselves in your particular journey. Yes. And 
I think this is where I like the idea that they talk about in Gene Keys, which is contemplation. So it's kind of like you are thinking and you are feeling into whatever that particular thing is that's come into your awareness. And by having that sort of a view of it, you can actually really change, you know, how how you perceive your whole life in, in that area. You just <laughs> had to do it, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> well, it fit that time. <laughs> Oh dear. I love sound effects. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> you haven't figured that out yet? <laughs> yeah, so so there you know, there is a lot of value in how you look at things as well because there's you know, people that I know who go, Yep, I'm gonna get my human design chart and oop, I'm a generator, woohoo or whatever and and that's as far as it goes and that's fine. That's you know, a choice. But the magic comes when you actually go, well, what is a generator? And how is that energy working in my life? And how can working with that energy actually change the way that my life actually works? And how can it make it better? Mm. So, you know, human design is a tool and there are many different tools that are out there. And a tool is only as good as your decision to actually use it. Well, that's definitely true. So, like, um, I've done quite a lot with tarot and at certain points I've used it as a contemplation tool. Mm -hmm. So rather than just doing a reading every month or, you know, once a year or whatever for myself, I would actually do something every day pull a card every day or pull a little spread every day and contemplate it and journal it mm. and think about what that meant. You know, if I did it at the end of the day, how did it relate to what had happened in my day or my week up to that point? Or what might it relate to that was coming up for me? Mm. And, you know, it's just another tool. All of them are tools, but if you don't use them, then you don't get the benefit. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose... Really, that's, that's what we're talking about is how you can build your awareness of ways that, that this tool can help you and then how can you actually be a little bit more practical with it as well. Mm. That's probably my line three that likes that practical aspect. You've got to, <laughs> you know, you've got to kind of do stuff with it to actually have some kind of a change happen. Yeah. And, and you know, if the change is what we started out talking about, if the change is understanding your children better, then that's a huge thing, huge, because the more that we can develop our children to be better people by understanding themselves better, mm. the better the world is going to be. It's a much better place. Yeah, because people are then aligned with their energy rather than going out into the world being you know, sort of in opposition to their energy. Mm. So you're not you're not going to have you're truly in flow. Well, that's a good way to put it. Because mm. your other your other option is to essentially be, you know, blocked in some way. You know, caught in fear. So 
um, caught in, you know, the anxiety or the pressure or whatever it is. So there's there's different kinds of things. So, you know, the first thing is to actually be aware. This is what my design is. These are some things about how it's working and how can that make, you know, some of my decisions better? How can that make my, some of my relationships better? So even knowing a little bit about, say, yes, your children, because we're focusing on children yeah. a little bit more today, but, you know, your parents, your partner, mm. just people you work with. Yeah. And I think it's been noted in quite a few of the books that I've read about human design that human design is not about being, you know, like astrology can be seen as a predictive type of thing. Human design's not really about the predictive type of thing. It's about managing the relationships in your life. So it's not about who am I compatible with. You know, in astrology you say, oh, a Leo is really compatible with another Leo and a Virgo doesn't get on with anyone. No. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> you we, know that We get on with people. <laughs> The other Virgos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you you see that kind of thing. But human, it's said that human design is not about saying that, you know, if you're a projector, you're going to get on with reflectors. Or if you're a 5-1, you're only going to get on with other 5-1s or a 3-1 or something like that, you know, or a 1-3. One, one Let me change it around <laughs> to yours. Because um, there are no 3-1s. No oh, there, there you go. <laughs> There, you, you've learned something as well. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's not about saying that, you know, if you're a projector, you're not going to get on with generators or, you know, whatever. It's about I'm a projector. So in my chart, how does this tell me that I'm going to be able to work with this person who's this kind of a generator or whatever? And it's things like understanding emotional waves and how – you deal with those and or help the person deal with them mm. as well. So it's it's not about saying because you're this, you will only get on with these people and you can just tell the rest of them to go jump off a high cliff or something. Mm. I was going to use some other words but I won't. <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's not about putting yourself into a box which, um, you I mean, you might find that there are some you know, things that are written around human design where it can feel like they're trying to put you into a box. But it really is a tool for self-exploration and for knowing how you're going to learn, knowing how you're going to relate to people, mm -hmm. um, you know, how your energy is actually working. So remember, we've talked about primarily the undefined centres. Maybe we need to have an episode where we talk about the defined centres because the defined centres are where you are impacting other people. Mm. So, you know, having an awareness around that is a fairly important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested in having a bit more of a discussion about that because I think I've got three defined centres. Yes, you have. Mm. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see how my energy is impacting other people through those defined centres. Yeah. Exactly, and and it is useful to know that. And this is why no matter how many centres you have defined or undefined, you're, you're still out there, your energy is interacting with someone else and there's stuff happening. Mm. And where there's stuff happening, you're being conditioned or you are conditioning in some way because there's that exchange. And 
It's actually understanding that's what's happening and actually working with it. And if we can start from as early as possible helping our children to understand that, then we start to have people who are truly aligned, truly balanced and can bring forth their gifts instead of feeling like there's something wrong with them because of their gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That those gifts have to be hidden. A little bit of projector bitterness there. But anyway. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's that's basically, you know, the experience that we've had, mm. really. And it's, you know, taken a long journey that's probably been a useful journey for a projector because we oh, yeah. are here to, you know, to have wisdom to guide people. But it's, it's not... Doesn't not make painless. It, it doesn't make it easy. No. And, <laughs> you know, human design is not necessarily going to make the whole entirety of your life easy. No. And, you know, have you drowning in money or whatever. Damn it. Potentially it could. <laughs> but but that's that's not what it's about. It's like, you know, if you know what it is that has been impacting on you, then you can be very targeted in how you deal with that and your changes can be more powerful and more significant. doesn't mean to say you're not going to have lessons. Mm. doesn't mean to say that you're not going to be going into, you know, some shadow or lower energy kind of things. No. But you know what to do to get out of that. Or you've got some ideas or you know who to go to or... Yeah, well, you know, you know what to do. So you've got some kind of a way that you can go. Yeah, sorry, that's my defined head. We'll talk talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got an undefined one, just so you know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is, we've worked out, makes us fairly different in a couple of ways. Yes, it does. Mm. But yeah, we can talk about that when we talk about defined. Yes, but remember that there's always that exchange of energy. So, you know, the fact is that in the past probably the fact that I've got a defined head whereas Liz has an undefined one is probably a source of conflict. Mm. But knowing that that's what's happening can actually change the dynamic of, of what's going on with that to make yeah. it more positive overall. doesn't mean to say there's not ever any... Let me just say black hole. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> discussions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so is there anything else that you want to say about human design and conditioning kids? Okay, well, let's let's maybe do a little bit of a practical wrap-up because, you know, let's give you something to do. So, so I would say first thing is make sure you know what your design is and then look at what your kids' designs are. Look to see where you've got the white parts on your chart, so the undefined parts, look to see where your kids have got the undefined parts. Start to work out where there might be some energy exchanging happening. All right, that's a good place to start. So you're going, oh, okay, I'm, you know, maybe you've got a defined solar plexus. That means you're giving your emotional energy to your kids. So if you seem to have very emotional kids, you might they not. really? <laughs> you know, maybe them reflecting back your emotions so so that's what I would say the the best thing to do from what we've talked about today is to actually you know be aware of your energy and be aware of the energy of those people around you so if you can get your partners if you can get your parents as well 
you know, that can also build up a picture of where, you know, the energy exchange is happening. Mm. I just thought of an interesting question. You're talking about defined to undefined. What about if you've got undefined, both got undefined, say, an undefined solar plexus? So that would mean that when you are together, now this is not talking about anything to do with transits, okay, <laughs> which we won't go into, but, <laughs> but generally speaking, if, if you're with another person who has a, an undefined solar plexus... So like you and I. Yeah, exactly. Then there's no exchange of energy, is there? No. So, so this means that you're just operating in a neutral kind of place. So in theory... Having an undefined solar plexus, between, you know, with both of us, when we're together, we should be able to be fairly neutral emotionally. Now that, like I said, there will be some impacts from because we're moving through space. We're not, you know, we're not static. We are, yeah. you know, an evolving, you know, kind of situation. So we would not be having the same sort of emotional things that happened if one of us was emotional and one of us as in had an emotional defiant solar plexus and one of us didn't. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind but of so, like a neutral so what, thing. what you're kind of saying is that transits affect people and they can make your centres defined for periods of time or something? Well, it, it can make the energy in that centre feel more consistent than ah, normal. So you're not, okay. you're not truly a def- defined. No. Um, but it can give you that illusion of having, you know, access to that energy consistently for a little while, which can be a plus. And if you know what's happening mm. and you go, oh, okay, so today I've got a defined will centre. Oh, let's go and see what we can get done. So, so this is like, you know, when Mercury goes retrograde and stuff like that, it could impact if it's impacting your planets and things like that. Yes. So basically because we've got the planets out there in the solar system and we're moving through the solar system. All right. So essentially if we look at the moon, the moon in its cycle goes through all of the 64 gates of the human design system in in one moon cycle. Yeah. The... Earth goes through all of the 64 gates in one cycle around the sun. Mm. And then depending on what the other planets are, there's different configurations with that. So at any point in time, any of the astrological bodies um, will be having something happening in some gates somewhere. So so there's sort of, you know, it's not a static thing, but... Because your, they, your they design that you're born with is still the most stable yes. and consistent yeah. part of you. So all the all the celestial bodies have energies, and all you, and all you have to do to work that out is to think about the moon and how it affects the tides on Earth, which means it affects our bodies um, and all of that kind of thing. So it's not out of the realms of possibility if if someone's sitting out there going, oh, pff, whatever, you know. <laughs> It's not outside the realms of possibility to see that each of the planets would have different types of energies that would be affecting you at different times depending on what they're doing. Yes, and this is also where the quantum energetics, I suppose, comes into it. Oh, my God. Which we're really not going to go into today. But 
you know, the the fact is, you know, when we put the quantum level into it, then it it simply confirms the fact that each of those different parts of the solar system are going to have an impact on us. Mm. So yeah. I'll leave it there. But so was there anything else that you wanted to say about kids and human design? Just checking. No, She's I looking at me like I'm a bit weird. I'm think looking, is she trying? No, is there no. something she wants me to say? I'm thinking, oh. no. <laughs> so. Oh, I did have another thought that I wrote down earlier when you said something. Oh, okay. What's that? It might open up a whole other can of worms. <laughs> okay, well, we can, we can put that into another episode if it does. All right. So, well, I was thinking about um, that... We come onto the earth and we are born with the human design design that we have that affects us and sets us up through this life. How then does that work with the thought that we actually choose to come to earth and we come to learn lessons? Yeah, well, isn't your human design going to teach you those lessons? So I where, don't know. Where you are <laughs> undefined and you're taking in other people's energy, obviously you're learning lots of lessons about whatever that centre is about. So and we've chosen our human design absolutely to come to earth. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's one of those choices. And, and this is so that we can actually experience whatever it is that's indicated by you know, how we are designed. Mm. Mm. So we can go into that a little more at another point, but my short my ans- mind is boggling. My short moment. answer is yes, it, it's a soul choice. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wasn't quite the bigger can of worms that I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well I think, I think that's it for today. Yes, I think we're done. So It's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. (laughs) We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Synergy of Us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and it has helped you in some way to become more aligned with your energy. Until next time. Bye for now. now.